street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. I'm joined today by Anthony Magnabosco, who is a skeptic who has spoken with hundreds of people using something called street epistemology. Let's start with an example of Anthony's work. Take a look. When you have experiences, you attribute those to your God. And what do you think the Muslim would do with the same sort of miracles and experiences? The same thing I would do. And what do you think the Hindu might do? The same. With Pray to your gods is a thing. Yeah. Is the hundred percent the right spot to be if that's really the case? On the confidence of your belief? I believe so. I believe so. I believe so. Yes. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate your time. So, Anthony, I mean, the, the tough thing when you're doing uh, this, this, when you're having these types of conversations with people, trying to get them to examine how they arrived at the beliefs that they have is people very often get either defensive or argumentative, which by and large doesn't seem to happen in many of the videos I've seen of you doing this. So how, how did you develop your method that you apply here? Well, I wish that I could take credit for it. It actually originated from a book called A Manual for Creating Atheists by Dr. Peter Bogosian, which I believe you had on your show, yeah. on your show at one point. And I read the book and I thought, I have to go out and try this. So I did. So three years ago, I went out and started having conversations with people. And I started learning that this more gentle, reflective approach called street epistemology for one-on-one -on -one conversations was definitely, definitely seemed effective when helping a person examine the method they use to arrive at their belief without causing them to get defensive and without causing them to argue with you. And like that example showed, it was a very friendly back and forth. And by the end of the talk, you can see he was really thinking about why he held this belief. Yeah, he was, although he, he seemed to still stick to the original belief. So I guess I'm, I'm curious, what do you know about uh, how frequently people will actually end up with drastically different conclusions? And of course, a lot of it might happen long after the conversation you have with them, right? I mean, how do you assess yeah. the success of these conversations? And is the goal even to convert people's views? Those are all great questions that I honestly don't, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what those answers are. I don't really know what a success looks like yet. I don't really know how we can measure a success. In that instance, with that young man, at the end of a talk, even though he paused for 30 or 30 seconds or so to think about, do I really, can I really be 100% sure that this God exists? Yeah. He, 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 he basically confirmed that he was still holding the belief. But what we've found from the thousands of people that are starting to use this method that oftentimes people are not changing their minds on camera or in front of you. The change usually happens when they're alone with their thoughts and they're thinking back on the conversation. And I think if they're being honest with themselves, 
if they really think about the methods they use to conclude that the belief is true, and they they realize that I don't have a reliable method to know that this thing is true, they will almost certainly lower their confidence in the belief. I wish I had an answer for you. That's one thing that we want to try to move towards is, is developing, like getting the word out for one thing so that people watching this video might say, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is what I want to research because we want to know if this technique is ineffective or not. There's this guy named Ray Comfort, who I'm guessing you're familiar with, who does sort of the opposite of what you do, which is he goes to the streets and he asks often incomplete or questions that, that lack significant context to try to convince people about how obviously a personal Christian God exists. What do you see as the main difference between sort of street evangelism and street epistemology? Obviously, I think we can all sort of notice the difference in terms in terms of the the sort of subject matter, uh, the the approach of the person asking the questions. But in terms of its underlying principles, what is the real difference in terms of what you're doing? And it, it seems like you're opening views versus trying to narrow and focus them. Is that right? Yeah, it seems like you've kind of summed that up. Um, you're right. So even though the word street is in street epistemology, there's a common misconception that we're just as bad as the evangelizers that are out there. <laughs> And if you were to watch, just watch one or two videos, watch the whole thing through. And I think you'll notice that very rarely would we tell somebody what to think or, or proclaim that we have the truth and let me correct you on your worldview so that I can, I can steer you the right way. That's not at all what's going on in these conversations. These conversations are largely based on me asking questions. Tell me what you think. Tell me why you think it. How can you be so sure that it's true? The beauty of these types of conversations where street epistemology is happening is I'm never telling anybody what to think, or I should very rarely be doing it because I'm interested in learning how you've concluded that it's true. And that back and forth, that, that Socratic questioning back, uh, back and forth with a person seems to help a person reflect on how they form the belief in a way that doesn't cause them to be defensive. And when you watch a street evangelist engaging with an atheist, for example, or somebody else on the street, or even a different believer who just disagrees on the doctrine, they're often very contentious. And I think that's probably the one, one, of the, one of the things you might notice right away is that the conversations are so friendly. What is not an effective method for doing what you do? I mean, is it that being less friendly mm -hmm. approach? That's part of it. But uh, one of the main things that sets street epistemology as, as, apart from even debating even if you were an atheist going out to debate a believer, or I am, I, I think that global man-made climate change is, is real, and I go out and try to talk to people and present facts, what we're learning, what we're learning from the scientific community is that presenting people with facts in a one-on-one -on -one situation that contradicts their belief is more than likely going to cause them to double down on their belief and believe it even more. Sure. So street epistemology is a complete end run around that. It, we re, street epistemology is based on the hypothesis that people's beliefs are very tightly conflated with their self. So when I challenge a belief that you might have with facts, more than likely you might see that as an affront to your own identity. Well, it seems in now, particular with religion, right? Because I, th I mean, I think with religion in particular, many people 
have such a their their entire worldview and identity is heavily tied up in whatever their religion may be. So I think that what you're saying about by challenging your beliefs, you're challenging your sense of self. It's particularly true with religion, isn't it? Very much so. What we found is that these deeply held beliefs. Now, if I'm having a conversation with somebody about and I heard this example on a recent podcast, whether you prefer paper or plastic bags when you grocery shop. In a one on one conversation, I might actually be able to provide you with facts to convince you that the method that you're choosing is not the best for the environment. You might be open to it. But if it's political, if it's religious, if it's tied to who you are, you are more than likely going to become more defensive if I were to present you with facts. But if I were to present you with questions about how you arrived at your belief, which is what street, epistemo street epistemology is all about, what method did you use to conclude that the belief is true? That's the moment where people seem to be able to set aside the belief and inspect it with me together. We, we actually set the, the belief aside and we're both there working together to figure it out. And that's where I think that's what I think sets street epistemology apart from most other debates that you might see on YouTube, for example. Other than watching the videos of street epistemologists like you, who uh, who might you what, what authors or what texts might you recommend people in our audience who are interested in this read in order to familiarize themselves with sort of both the underlying principles and some of the techniques that you employ? Mm. So the manual, a manual for creating atheists is the book by Dr. Peter Bogosian. I would definitely recommend everybody pick that up. He also created an app recently called Atheos, which goes on your phone, uh, Android or Apple stores. Um, motivational interviewing would be good. If you have an interest in, in cognitive behavioral therapy might be good. These are areas where I'm not even an expert and, and I don't want to get so bogged down in the academia of it because I read Peter's book. I started going out and doing it and I, I committed myself to learning it. And I think I've become fairly proficient at it. I don't have any special abilities. I didn't go to school to, to learn this. I've just, I've just been educating myself and there's more resources out there available for people today more than ever. Can you talk about if there, if there are any such incidents where you didn't get a good reaction from the person that you were talking to, where things maybe got <laughs> dicey and sort of what to, what took place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happened occasionally. But what I found is that when I find myself encountering somebody that's so confident in their position that they're unwilling to open themselves up to the possibility possibility that they might be mistaken, that's when I can I can feel my heart racing and I'm kind of getting more angry and I feel like I start, want to start debating them. When I slip back to my old ways, because I used to go out and debate with people, I, I have videos where I'm arguing with street preachers. It doesn't get you anywhere. So I have had those encounters and those examples are on my channel so that you can you can literally see the progression of of how more how much more effective I think I've become. But yeah, those happen, but those are few and far between. I think these days, if if I'm going out and using street epistemology, very rarely does a person get upset. They're almost always happy to have had the conversation. They want to talk again. When can we please talk again? Or I've got this other belief that I hold. When can we talk about that? What's the broader goal? I mean, obviously, you can only talk to so many people. Only a portion of those are really going to be truly open minded. Only a portion of those will end up actually changing their beliefs. What's the broader goal here? Well, my broader goal is to record these conversations that normally just happen organically. 
Okay. Most people that use street epistemology just find themselves in this, in these scenarios and they're having a conversation with somebody that holds a belief. I like to record the conversations and upload them to my YouTube channel. So other people can see that, right? Like if I didn't do that, we might not be speaking here today. So at the risk of it looking staged or that I'm initiating these conversations, which I am, um, I think it's important for other people to see it so that they're more comfortable mimicking, mimicking it and learning it. So as far as the goal, personally, I want to live in a world where people believe things that are true, that people see it as a virtue to question, to doubt, to, to, to say, I don't know when they don't know. And, and I think the world would be a better place if we got to that point. So personally, that's my goal. And I think a lot of people that are in the street epistemology movement, for lack of a better word, probably feel the same way. We've been speaking with Anthony Magnabosco. You can check out his street epistemology. Go to youtube.com and just search for his name, Anthony Magnabosco, and you will have uh, no shortage of videos to uh, to to watch. Anthony, thanks so much for talking to us about this. Super interesting. It is really my pleasure being on your show. Thanks. Street epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.